Dawn and, Dawn and Steve have Lee Strobel with them this hour to discuss his new book, Is God Dead? If you have a question for Lee, get in touch by texting 800-555-7898. Well, we all think we know Lee Strobel because we have read the book, we have seen the movie, and we are grateful that you're part of Don and Steve in the Morning, Lee, as you have a new book, but we have so much to talk about as we think about what the Lord has been doing through Center for evangelism what in the world is this what do we need to know about center for evangelism well you know we started the center to try to help young people especially understand not just what we believe but why we believe it how we can share it with others and um, so we have uh, 91 courses uh, created by 40 phds uh, all online to help people uh, grow and get a degree degree or graduate degree I love the idea of doing that, answering questions that people have. One of the big questions that I know a lot of people are wrestling with is, is God even real? And that's what uh, your newest book is about, exploring the ultimate question of life. And we're going to uh, get into the, the topic of that in just a, a moment. But as I hear you talk about, you know, what you're doing right now, Lee, I, I'm what, the word that comes to mind for me is apologetics. You know, the defense of the faith and, and talking about that. And you actually in the book have something that you call the apologetics pyramid. Yeah. What is that apologetics pyramid? Well, this started out when a friend of mine who at the time was a seminary student is now um, a Ph.D. and one of the most prominent Christian philosophers in the, in the world. Um, but back then I knew him as a seminary student and uh he I had an opportunity to talk to an atheist about faith, and uh, I, I had to leave town. I couldn't do it, so my friend Chad Meister said he would do it. So he's thinking, how do I talk to this guy? He's a, he doesn't believe anything about God. So he developed what he calls the apologetics pyramid, and in the book we go through it. But basically the idea is if you picture a pyramid, it has a broad base and then it tapers to a, a, a point. And so you start at that broad base. You start at the broadest question, which is, what is truth? You know, is truth just an opinion? Is it a preference or what is it? And, and you talk that through and you come to the conclusion that truth is that which corresponds with reality. And then you move up to the next level of the pyramid, which is worldviews. There's only three possible worldviews. Uh, theism, there is a God. Atheism, there is no God. Or polytheism, there are many gods. And looking at the tests of logic and livability, you're able to eliminate polytheism and atheism and, and focus on theism. That's the next level of the pyramid as you look at the evidence for theism. And then it goes up from there to revelation, to the reliability of the Bible, to resurrection, the reliability of the uh, historical claim that Jesus said he was the Son of God and proved it by returning from the dead. And then the tip of the pyramid is uh, the gospel. And uh, so he chalked this through with this man over at his house on a Friday evening over pizza. And the guy came in as an atheist at 7 o'clock in the evening. And by 11 p.m., he was a Christian. So um, I interviewed uh, Dr. Chad Meister for the book on this uh, pyramid. It's fascinating to hear him kind of work through the logic and livability of these different worldviews and conclude that really only uh, ultimately with the resurrection, Christianity uh, fits the test of logic and livability. 
Yeah, it does. It fits the test. And I know evidence has been very important to you, even in your own experience of coming to faith in Christ. Of course, with uh, The Case for Christ, both the book and the movie, Lee Strobel with us with his new book. And with that evidence, Lee, you have studied, you know history, you have built the case. Do you ever struggle? Do you ever have a moment where you're like, okay, Lord, meet me in this. I'm just having a really hard time with belief? Mm. You know, I have questions that come up, but not really doubts. You know, not doubts in the sense that they would erode my soul. But, um, you know, we all have questions, and that's okay. You know, God's not surprised by our questions. It's legitimate to have questions. You think of John the Baptist when he got thrown in prison. He started having questions. You know, how do I know Jesus is the one we've been waiting for? And so he sends some friends to track Jesus down and ask him, are you the guy we've been waiting for? We'd wait for somebody else. And Jesus didn't get mad at him for expressing a hesitation or a doubt. He said, look, I think it's uh, Luke 7, verse 22. He says, go back to John. And tell them what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. In other words, go back to John. Tell about the evidence you've seen with your own eyes that convinces you that I am the one I claim to be. So they go back and they tell John. But does this disqualify John from any role in the kingdom of God because he dared to ask a question? No. So, you know, yes, I have questions just like everybody else. But what I found is if I pursue answers, there are good answers to satisfy our heart and souls. Uh, I love that. The fact that when we do have genuine questions, if we look for answers, they are there to be found. And we're going to talk about some of those throughout this hour. Maybe you've got a question or comment. Feel free to join the conversation. You can call or text 800-555-7898. Talking with best-selling author Lee Strobel this morning. Brand new book out, Is God Real? And we're going to continue that conversation with Lee coming up in just a few moments. Lee Strobel is with us. You know him from the case for Christ. He's got a new work, Is God Real? Exploring the ultimate question of life. And that conversation continues three minutes from right now. Don and Steve in the morning. Start your day in the Bible and with Dawn and Steve in the morning. Call or text 800-555-7898. Well, joining us this hour is the uh, former award-winning legal editor of the Chicago Tribune, New York Times best-selling author, Lee Strobel. A new book out, Is God Real? And uh, a lot of questions that you have tackled over your uh, years of ministry, Lee, wrestling with the existence of God, who he is. And, you know, we probably were introduced to you through the case for Christ, but continuing to look at some of those big questions in life. Just earlier this morning, we were talking, I came across an article that was talking about apologetics and how yeah. in the world of apologetics, some of the questions have changed over the years. It used to be, yeah. does God even exist? Now, a lot of the apologetics questions have to do with identity and how we might relate to God and who he has created us to be. In your years of writing and looking at the world of apologetics, have you seen kind of a shift in the questions that uh, non-believers are asking as it relates to God? Yes and no. Um, I'm seeing the more historical questions consistently important. For instance, the number one objection is if God is real, um, why does he allow suffering? And I have a chapter in my new book on that topic. And the other one that's become new in recent years, and this is largely because of John Steingart, who was the lead um, musician with the rock band, the Christian rock band, um, Hawk Nelson. Uh, he famously walked away from Christianity in 2020, posted on Instagram. It was because of the hiddenness of God. 
that if God were real, he wouldn't be so hidden. And that's become a popular objection. Um, but then it's funny, you know, things get in the news and people begin to raise questions. I was talking to a woman who has a website and uh, a Christian podcast, and she invites people to uh, send in their tough questions or what's bothering them. And you know what her number one question he, she gets by what's a factor of 10, the number one question is, what about aliens? <laughs> are there are there aliens visiting our planet? That's the number one question. So you know, it, it tends to ebb and flow according to what's going on in culture at the moment. Um, but ultimately, it comes down to the issue of is God real? Does he exist? And if he exists, um, who is he? And can we know him? And can we spend eternity with him? I mean, those are the remain the fundamental questions. And if you look at the statistics, back when I met my wife back in 1966, a freshman in high school, um, 98% of Americans believe that God exists. Today, that number's down to 81%, uh, which is the lowest ever in history. And if you ask them, are you sure that God exists? Only six out of 10 say yes. And if you look at Generation Z, young people, Twice as many young people call themselves atheists as older folks like me. So, you know, there's a, there, there's a question, I think, in culture. I think it's driven by the Internet and by um, sort of a, a vocal atheist community uh, trying to dissuade people from belief. Um, but I believe because of a series of scientific discoveries over the last 50 years, it is more rational and logical to believe in God's existence today than virtually any time in history. Lee, as we talk to the next generation, the younger generation may even be two generations removed from us, what is the best way to engage if the question is, no, God is too hidden for me, I, I don't see the evidence of his existence, or why is there suffering? Where do you enter into that conversation so that you can continue to, to let them think it through? Yeah, Don, you use the key word there, conversation. Um, to have a friendship, to have a relationship where it's okay to ask tough questions, where you're not offended when somebody asks a question about God, where uh, you do more listening than talking, uh, where you validate people who are made in God's image and therefore matter to God. Yes, they're on a spiritual journey. Maybe they're not as far along as you are, but that's okay. Um, and, and you have an, an authenticity about you. Um, and a willingness to engage. I mean, I think that all that's important with young people. That's why one of the most successful uh, evangelism approaches that churches are taking these days are what I call spiritual discovery groups, which is a small group of non-believers with two Christians and maybe half a dozen non-believers. Um, and where they go on a journey together, meet once a week, and they talk about God. And we actually train the leaders of those groups not to answer questions. Um, we ask them to ask more questions. Uh, and, and so you go through a process of kind of self-discovery. And we found we had 1,100 people, non-believers, in these groups at one point, And we tracked them for a period of years. And we found that 80% came to faith in Christ. So especially among young people, Don, you'd ask my young people, I think they want to talk. They want to have a conversation. They want to give their viewpoint. And, and if, you, if you listen to their viewpoint, guess what? they're willing to listen to your viewpoint as well.
That's a beautiful thing to think about, stopping, listening, developing a relationship. And yet, Lee, it seems a little bit opposite of what we might be with the keyboard warriors on social media and taking on the world, thinking we're going to convince someone if we argue or put it all in caps. How detrimental is that if we're handling our faith in that way? It's tough. I mean, social media has become so combative. Um, and, and so us versus them. Um, well, that's not how Jesus approached things, to be us versus them. He, he wants us to reach out to them, befriend them, listen to them, talk to them, offer them the good news in a way that they can understand and relate to. And, um, you know, so I try to use social media for, for good. You know, when I'm in an airport, I'll often tweet out that Leslie and I are at gate V5 at the Denver airport. And if you're around here, stop by. Let's have a spiritual conversation. Uh, skeptics are welcome. I'll buy the coffee. And, uh, you know, I, I remember tweeting that out once. I was at an airport and within 20 seconds, somebody tapped me on the shoulder. And uh, I bought him breakfast and we had a wonderful spiritual conversation. So I try to use social media that way for good. Um, but, but as you say, there's a lot of divisiveness on social media that I don't think helps the conversation. I hear some dying to self going on there, Lee Strobel, right. and, and making sure that you're available for those conversations so that people can keep thinking about the one who has offered relationship, the one who created and wants to redeem. Lee Strobel is with us. Is God real? Exploring the ultimate question of life. You may have a question and you want to get that in by texting 800-555-7898. Don and Steve of the morning on the road in Tuscaloosa this morning. Talking with Lee Strobel, he has uh, written a book entitled, Is God Real? And one of the objections uh, to the reality of God, and maybe you've uh, even wrestled with this question yourself, or somebody's asked you this question, if he is real, then why is there suffering in the world? That is one of the big, big questions that people have. We've already kind of alluded to that question, but we've not answered it yet. So we're going to get to that coming up in about three minutes on Moody Radio. Got to go? Take Dawn and Steve with you on the Moody Radio app. Oh, yes. Take us with you because we're in Tuscaloosa today. If you want to know all the details, text the keyword. It's Alabama, the number 800-555-7898. We'll send you all the details. Hopefully by 10 a.m. Central, we are still going to be hanging out here. So after the show, we'll hang out for a little while longer because we want to meet you like we just met Miss Elaine. And Miss Elaine came in and told us about our friend, Miss Nona. 90 years old this week. And Lee Strobel, as we think about someone who has walked with the Lord for a while, celebrating her 90th birthday, no doubt, uh, questions throughout the years about the suffering. And we all have those questions when it comes to the Lord. Suffering, Lord, why does it have to be so difficult this side of eternity? And you help us look at the answer to that in your new work called Is God Real? Share with us this morning. Like, what, what do we do with this problem? the suffering? Yeah, it, it, a couple of things to remember about it. First of all, there are about 20 lines of evidence and arguments that point toward the truth of Christianity, historical evidence, scientific, and so forth. This issue does not negate any of those, so that's important to remember. It's also important to remember that every worldview has to deal with this question of where does suffering come from, so it's not just Christianity. Um, uh, and so for my book, and, and by the way, this is a personal issue for people. It's not just an intellectual issue. My wife has a neuromuscular condition. Uh, She's been in pain for 20 years. 
And she will be in pain every day for the rest of her life unless God does a miracle and cures this incurable disease, um, which he hasn't chosen to do. And so this, this is a personal thing. And fortunately, there is a personal answer, and that is through Jesus Christ. You know, it's interesting that Jesus said uh, he, he was unlike other um, religious leaders. You know, if you go to the East, um, uh, Eastern cultures, uh, they call suffering maya. It's an illusion. It doesn't really exist. Well, Jesus was honest. He said in, in John 16, 33, in this world, you will have suffering. You will have trouble. And the reason is because we live in a sin-stained world. So I'll, I'll kind of explain, you know, in the book, I spent, I don't know, maybe 25 pages in an interview with a great philosopher explaining this. He does such a great job. So I encourage people to get that in-depth explanation. But if I had to give a couple minute explanation, I would say that um, you know, God has existed from eternity past as God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit in a perfect love relationship. And so um, um, love is the greatest value in the universe. And when God decided to create humankind, he wanted us to be able to love each other and to love him. So he wanted to give us free will because that's the only way we could love because free will uh, because love always involves a choice. You know, when, when my daughter was little. Uh, which is many, many years ago, uh, there was a doll called Chatty Cathy. Remember that Chatty Cathy mm -hmm. doll? And it is a string that you pull on the back and let go. And that string would then allow the doll to talk to you. So she would pull the string, let go, and the doll would say to her, I love you, which was how high tech it was back then. <laughs> well, did that doll love her? No, no. It was a mechanical device. It was forced to say they had no choice. Real love always involves a choice. And so what has humankind done with our choice? We've turned our back on God. We've turned our back on each other. And that's opened the door to hurting each other. You know, 90% of the suffering in the world comes from people hurting each other or ignoring the hurt in other people and so forth. Um, and it has opened the door, the Bible says, to sin entering into the world. In fact, the Bible says that that the nature has been corrupted, that it groans for the day that there will be redemption. And so we live in a world of suffering. And yet, Jesus entered into that world. He didn't have to, but he entered into our world of suffering, lived the perfect life, died as a sacrifice so that we could be forgiven and we could spend eternity in a place of no suffering, no tears, no uh, anxiety or hatred or whatever. Um, so, uh, and, and the Bible also makes it clear that, uh, you know, for a follower of God, he can cause even the bad things that happen to us to work together for good. And sometimes people say, oh, well, you know, how is that even possible? And I want to say, look, if God can take the worst thing that has ever happened in the universe, which is the death of the Son of God on a cross, and from that created the best thing that's ever happened in the world, which is the opening of heaven to all who follow him, if he can take the worst thing and turn it into the best thing, he can even take the struggles in our lives and draw good from them if we're faithful to him and if we follow him. But our free will, I think, is at the bottom of this. I can, with my free will, I can take my hand and I can feed a hungry person. Or I can take my hand and I can pick up a gun and kill an innocent person. But if I pick up a gun and kill an innocent person, it's a little disingenuous to say, God, why do you allow suffering in the world? You know, yeah. <laughs> Ultimately, we're yeah. the problem.
Yeah. Uh, it's uh, so appreciate you taking just a few moments and uh, helping us think through that and bringing the truth and the reality of the gospel into that conversation right there. And we want everyone to know that they can have that relationship with Jesus. By the way, if, if you want to find out more about that, Go check out our website, mymoodyradio.org, top right-hand corner, link there, How to Know Christ. But if you want to have a better uh, just way to be able to think through how you're going to engage with people who have real questions, and maybe you have questions yourself along the lines of the reality of God, I want to encourage you to check out Lee's new book. It's called Is God Real? Exploring the Ultimate Question of Life. And we're going to continue this conversation with best-selling author Lee Strobel coming up in just a few moments right now. We are messengers. God be the glory. It's Don and Steve in the morning on Moody Radio. We are Don and Steve in the morning on Moody Radio. And today in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, we're going to be here for a little while longer. We want to hang out after the show. And if you are in this area, text that keyword where we have the information. Alabama, the number 800-555-7898. We'll send you the details so that you can swing by and say hello. We would be honored to meet you. And we're going to continue the conversation right now and with Lee Strubble uh, right now in about three minutes. Doesn't that sound like something I'd say? It does. (laughs) Lee Strubble, is God real? Exploring the ultimate question of life. Moody Radio. You're listening to Dawn and Steve in the Morning on Moody Radio. Call us at 800-555-7898. Well, you probably know the name Lee Strobel. You maybe have read the book, The Case for Christ. You've seen the movie or one of his many, many other books as a New York Times bestselling author. He's famous. He is. And he's with us this morning talking about that big question, is God real? And Lee, you tackle a number of different kind of apologetic topics and questions in this book. One of the uh, other big questions besides why does God allow suffering in this world that sometimes we hear is people really saying, okay, could somebody really rise from the dead? The resurrection, is that real? I know you've tackled that question before, but uh, you know, if, some, if somebody's really questioning the resurrection of someone from the dead, how do you uh, encourage them to, to think through that? Yeah, first of all, it's the cornerstone of our belief. Why? Because Jesus clearly, in a variety of different ways, made transcendent and messianic and divine claims about himself. He claimed to be the Son of God. At one point, he got up before a group and he said, I and the Father are one. And the Greek word for one there is not masculine, it's neuter, which means he was not saying I and the Father are the same uh, person. He was saying I and the Father are the same thing. We're one in nature. And they got it. They said, you're claiming to be God. So... Anybody can do that. Steve, you could claim to be God. Dawn, you could claim to be God. But if if Jesus claimed to be God, died, and then three days later rose from the dead, that's pretty good evidence he's telling the truth. So that's why the resurrection is so important. So, you know, Easter is coming up next month, and um, Easter begins with the letter E. So I I can summarize the evidence for the resurrection using four words that begin with the letter E and do it in about 60 seconds. Uh, although, don't put a timer on me. because I, 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 I was going to say I'm about ready to but, start. Um, <laughs> uh, the first E is for execution. Jesus was clearly dead. We have five ancient sources outside the Bible that confirm the biblical accounts that Jesus was executed. Um, even the Journal of the American Medical Association, a secular, scientific, peer-reviewed medical journal, carried an investigation into the death of Jesus. And their conclusion was, quote, clearly the weight of the historical and medical evidence indicates that Jesus was dead even before the wound to his side was inflicted. Second E stands for early. We have early reports that he rose from the dead. In other words, these are not reports that 
developed as a legend over the centuries or decades after his death. Get this, we have a report of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, including named eyewitnesses and groups of eyewitnesses that has been dated back by scholars to within months of his death, within months. That is an historical news flash. That comes too quick to be written off as a legend that developed over the decades after his life. Third, he is uh, empty tomb. Uh, and, and what's important about the empty tomb is even the opponents of Jesus admitted it was empty. Uh, because we know from sources inside and outside the Bible that when the disciples began proclaiming that Jesus had risen, what the enemies of Jesus said was, oh, well, the disciples stole the body. Well, they're admitting the tomb is empty. They're trying to explain how it got empty. So everybody's conceding the tomb is empty. And of course, the idea the disciples stole the body doesn't hold water. They didn't have the motive, the means, or the opportunity. And why would they be willing, as they clearly were, to suffer and to um, live lives of deprivation because of their proclamation if they were living a lie? And then finally, the fourth word that begins the letter E is the word eyewitnesses. You know, most of the facts that we accept as being true about the ancient world, when you get down to it, they're based on one source or maybe two sources of information. And yet for the conviction of the disciples that they encountered the resurrection of Jesus, we have no fewer than nine ancient sources inside and outside the New Testament, confirming and corroborating the conviction of the disciples that they encountered the risen Christ. That is an avalanche of historical data. Yeah, if you really want to know the answers, if you're really inquisitive as to uh, the reality of the facts, then you're, those answers are available to you. And Lee has made it easy. Lee Strobel, you've put it all in one place, a brand new book called Is God Real? Exploring the Ultimate Question of Life. And we'll connect you through our Facebook page, which is easy to find Don and Steve in the morning. We could also send you the link. We always let you know about our phone number, and that's 800 555 7898. It's Don and Steve in the morning. Thanks for listening to Moody Radio.